Ypres. The Psalm. Vimy Ridge. Passchendaele. Amion. Canada remembers. Edmonton remembers. On 6.30 Chad Afternoons with Jalen Nye. Yes, and thank you for joining me today, 3.06. Uh, since I took over this show, I don't know, almost 10 years ago, we've made it a focus in the days leading up to November 11th to, um, especially in Veterans Week, to have remembrance stories throughout the week. And then one day, we allocate for a full show based on remembrance stories of... Um, from your families, uh, stories from military personnel, from Silver Cross families. And that's what we're going to do today. Usually it would be tomorrow, but the Oilers schedule has messed that up. So today is the day for 6.30 Chet Afternoons to remember. And I'm going to urge you this afternoon to share your memories at 780-496-0063. As you move into November 11th, who are you remembering? I would love to hear their story you can call me you can text me and also if you have served I would love to hear your story as well and we can share it right across the listening audience this afternoon we're going to start this afternoon with the new commanding officer of third Canadian division Canada's army of the west now just to give you an idea when I say the army of the west what exactly that means and and uh, the, the the distance and the area that it covers well it's huge from Thunder Bay, west across the prairies, all the way to Victoria. Brigadier General Stephen Graham comes from a military family and has lived across the country, but this is the first time calling Alberta home. He takes over the role as many members are deployed around the world and as the Canadian Armed Forces faces some real challenges in recruitment and retention. Brigadier General Graham, welcome to the show. Hey, Jaylin. How are you doing? It's uh, great to be here today. I am doing well. Thank you for joining me this afternoon. I sure appreciate you kicking off this special show with us. Now, you come from a military family, the son of an Air Force uh, memory. You ended up an uh, 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 Air Force member. You ended up wearing green, not blue. <laughs> Was being a soldier always in your blood? Hey, first off, thanks very much for doing this show. I think it's fantastic. Thanks. I think uh, whatever we do to, to help people, re, you know, remind them of what exactly it is that we're, we're remembering on November 11th is, is so important. And uh, you're right. I, I, I did grow up. My dad was uh, in the Air Force. Um, I don't know if, uh, you know, I think I probably wanted to be a pilot when I was younger. <laughs> But uh, when, uh, you know, I was going to high school in Winnipeg and uh, some friends uh, went down and uh, joined the Royal Winnipeg Rifles, the reserve unit there, and uh, that seemed like an, a neat thing to do. So that's kind of where it all started. Uh, you know, I had a great time uh, in the reserve serving for the, uh, the rifles in Winnipeg, and I think I enjoyed it so much. That's why I, I stayed in the Army uh, when I joined the regular force. You, you talk about, um, you know, reminding people of what November 11th is all about, and, and I think it's exquisitely important that our our younger generations know this and because the further and further away we get from um, you know uh, major battles I, my fear is that they're going to be forgotten about and sacrifices and the effort that Canadians have made will be forgotten about I know that you took part in the no stone left alone ceremony uh, earlier this week it must have been something special to see those young kids out there placing poppies on the headstones at Beachmont Cemetery 
Well, I mean, that the whole No Stone Left Alone initiative is just incredible. And, you know, I call out to Maureen and, and Randall Purvis, who, who started the whole thing. They've done a fantastic job. Um, you know, I know we were uh, standing there at, uh, at Beachmont uh, Cemetery on Monday um, on, on a pretty cold Alberta morning, uh, but knowing that kids were watching us right across the country uh, and that they were going to be putting poppies on, on semi, uh, uh, gravestones throughout a number of cemeteries, that, that was pretty uh, pretty moving. Um, for me, it's it's really all about the youth and educating the youth. Uh, this morning, I was at uh, Sir John Thompson Junior High School talking to the whole assembly, and again, it's just trying to explain to them why Remembrance Day is it, it's, not, it's not a holiday, it's, mm-hmm. it's not a day off, it's it's uh, you know it's important that they acknowledge and understand what 120,000 Canadians uh, gave for them to be here where they are today. I want to talk. I want to get into that a little bit more, and and I know we're going to get uh, pretty personal here. So I'm going to you know if you're whatever you're comfortable talking about. I know in 2007 you were a major commanding B squadron of the Royal Canadian Dragoons in Afghanistan when two of your men were killed. Trooper Patrick Pentland and Master Corporal Alan. Stewart. They were killed by an IED that struck their vehicle and it came just days after six other Canadian soldiers were killed by a roadside bomb. I'm not sure that they teach you how to deal with a loss like that at, uh, at RMC, uh, but can you, can you share a bit about those days and how you and your squadron carried on, went back to work and kept moving? It was, uh, I mean, I can think I can say pretty unqualified that that was the, the worst day of, of my life. Um, and it was only a couple of weeks after that that we had another um, explosion that killed another one of my soldiers, Trooper Daryl Caswell. Um, and, and so both of those days, um, horrible events. I don't think you can ever practice or train or, or be ready for that. Um, you, know, you, you quickly, uh, the hardest part is actually telling the squadron what happened mm-hmm. and passing the information on to everybody else. Um, but what we do is we, we would gather everybody. Uh, we'd, we'd head back to, to Kandahar, Kandahar Field, sort of our main base. Uh, and then you're there for a couple of days as you go through the ramp ceremonies. And those are probably the worst days because, you know, everybody's on their own in their own bed spaces with their own thoughts. And, and that's, uh, that's uh, you know, pretty, um, pretty, pretty hard. You know, you start to have a lot of self-doubt and, and question uh, direction and orders that you gave. Um, so really not helpful. But once, once you see um, see your uh, your colleagues off um, with the respect that they they, they deserve and they, and they come back to Canada then it, it's important and, and we did we quickly get back out into the uh, to the area of operations and get back to work um, and that's I think how you deal with it I think that's what uh, Daryl uh, Patrick mm-hmm. and Alan would would want um, and and that's how you get people back focused on what they need to be doing again it's not healthy to to sit and 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 question what what happened so but uh, certainly uh, those were those were tough days so on November 11th is it um, those men that cross your mind all the men that you men and women that you've worked with over the years where does your mind go yeah, so, you know, when I was younger, it was all about my, my grandparents mm-hmm. that all served in World War II. Uh, and I think as as you get older and you have your own experiences and your own your, your own history and you know people that have have uh, been killed in, in various conflicts, that that's where you go. But certainly for, for me, Afghanistan is, is, you know, the pivotal experience of, of my life. And so those, those three uh, soldiers, uh, Patrick Allen and Daryl, I'm thinking about them uh, without 
you know, without doubt. And uh, I lost a, a good friend. Colonel Jeff Parker was uh, a good friend of mine. He was also killed in Afghanistan. So th those are the four people that that I'm thinking about during the two minutes of silence. So when you, you know, when we look at Afghanistan now, sir, and and take a look at how things have changed over the past uh, 14 months, and I know I'm sure you've been asked this question before, um, you know, the question, was it all worth it, always is asked. Your thoughts? That's, it's it's tough. And you know what? When it all happened, uh, I, I was actually serving overseas again, watching it all in the news um, with stunned disbelief at what was going on um, I, I you know was it worth it I think time and history will judge whether it was worth it or not um, I, I know without reservation that the way the soldiers uh, under my command and, and frankly all Canadian soldiers performed what they did uh, under the, the the threat and the risk that was on them uh, was was unparalleled it, it was uh, so inspiring and so impressive um, it's it's disappointing obviously what's happened but uh, you know, I'm torn as well, though. You know, Western countries were, were in Afghanistan for 20 years. Mm -hmm. um, how, how long, you know, I, I, I feel that we gave the people an opportunity, um, and it, it seems like it was just all, it all disappeared. And so that, that is frustrating. Um, I, I know we put a lot of young kids, young boys, young girls through school, um, and, and they learned, you know, something that was not extremist. Um, and, and if I have any hope for that country, it's... It's, it's that those young people that we trained, or not we didn't train, but they went to school, uh, supported by us. Um, I like to believe that in the future, they they are the future of that country, not the, the people that are in power now. Brigadier General Stephen Graham joining me this afternoon, the commanding officer of 3rd Canadian Division. As I mentioned off the top, I mean, 3rd Division is, is massive from Thunder Bay all the way to Victoria. I think there's about 12,000 members, um, uh, you know, across the board. We know that a lot of our members are deployed right now, and I think a lot of people might be surprised where, how many. Can you give us an idea? Yeah, so it's uh, in, in the Army cycle, the 3-Div the is, uh, is, is up this year, so to speak. So we've got about a 1,000 people deployed around the world right now. They're on NATO missions, United Nations missions, uh, training missions, uh, supporting other uh, allies, uh, literally all over the world. Um, and uh, the folks that are deployed right now, most of them will be coming home soon, nearing the end of their six months, because we started at the beginning of July. Um, and then we've got a whole other team that's ready to head out the door. In fact, some, some left just a couple of days mm -hmm. ago. Um, and so we will be um, deployed around the world until about uh, the end of June, and then uh, the uh, Ontario Division will take over from us. General Graham, I need to take a quick pause here, but I have some questions for you. I want to talk about uh, attracting members uh, to the military. Can you hold on for just a second? Sure, no problem. All right, thank you. Brigadier General Stephen Graham joining us this afternoon again, the commanding officer of 3rd Canadian Division. We'll take a pause here. When we come back, I uh, want to ask him if the military is doing enough to attract and retain members. We know that uh, they're short a number of members right now. What does that look like moving forward? Stay with us. Brigadier General Stephen Graham, the commanding officer of 3rd Canadian Division, again, which extends all the way from my old stomping grounds of Thunder Bay all the way out to Victoria, right across uh, Western Canada. It's, uh, it's, uh, it's a big area, but uh, uh, General Graham in charge of that now. The last three months in, in that role. Sir, we've been hearing a lot about the challenges of recruiting and, and, and retaining members recently in, uh, in, in all sectors of the Canadian 
Canadian Armed Forces. I think one of the last numbers I saw was that we were down about 10,000. Do you believe enough is being done to address those issues? If not, what more needs to be done? And what do you tell people about who may be thinking about a career in the military? Hey, I'll, I'll tell you, Jillian, so I, Ottawa is, is seized with this issue right now. So uh, General Ayer, the Chief of Defence Staff, recently put out a uh, Operation Reconstitution order uh, containing a whole bunch of uh, different ways that we're going to try and deal with the problem. Um, I, I know uh, personally the people that are working in our recruiting group, they're looking at trying to streamline our processes and make it easier for people to get in. It's tough. And I think part of it is, and you know, I think people would understand that for a lot of people, the military is, is it's a stepping stone onto another career. So coming out of high school, maybe college, they're not sure where they want to go. They'll sign up, serve three or four years, uh, and then they'll move on and do something else. And so we've always had a very high attrition rate, people moving on to do other things. Um, where I think we're really in trouble now is over the last couple of years during COVID, we, we, we shut down or significantly reduced the recruiting side. Mm -hmm. So people were still leaving. We weren't bringing enough people in. Um, and now all of a sudden, and we've got we've got a hole, which is why uh, there's there's so much effort being put into to try and address it. Uh, and I know a lot of people are focused on trying to uh, to fix it. Yeah, and you know what about making it uh, more appealing or appealing to women and minorities? So I think there's a lot of things going on right now. I mean, obviously, it's it's uh, you know you're you're well aware of some of the challenges mm -hmm. we've dealt with over the last couple of years, um, and and we've put uh, you know frankly one of the best uh, officers that I ever worked for, uh, Lieutenant General uh, General uh, Jenny Carrion, is in charge of, of 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 our culture shift within the Canadian uh, Armed Forces, and she's got a team under her, and they're doing incredible work trying to make sure that you know we are inclusive and respectful of of everyone. No one's saying that this is an easy job. It'll always be hard, um, but we, we need to treat everybody with, with respect. Uh, and I think we're making a lot of strides to doing that. So I'm hoping that that is resonating with people. And I tell you, if, if, if I was, I've been doing this for 34 years now, and, and I can't imagine having done anything else. Mm -hmm. um, it's, it's such an exciting uh, career opportunity. There's so many different paths you can choose. Uh, anybody that wants to, you know, uh, you can be working on an armored vehicle one day. You can be deployed overseas the, the next day. Uh, and then the year after that, you're you're in a cubicle working on policy. There's just it always changes. It's always something new, and I think that's what I find so appealing about it. One more question for you. You know, certainly over the Afghanistan years, we saw um, Canadians once again uh, this this groundswell of support for uh, the military and uh, our, our forces members. And you know, one of my concerns has always been that if we're not um, you know in theater then that that support drops off i think it's important to support our military even when they're not front and center for example in afghanistan but we did see huge support and we saw it right across the the country certainly edmonton being home of uh you know third div uh you know the the uh, yellow ribbons and people lining up you name it that support was there and i know you've witnessed it as well so final word to you for those who are listening this afternoon um about that support and, and the importance of it to serving members and veterans. 
You know, you're absolutely right. During the Afghan years, I think uh, everybody uh, rose up and, and really uh, did a lot to support the military. Um, you know, without telling you where I just came from, I think that had uh, <laughs> diminished somewhat where I just was. Uh, and one of the things that has just been so incredible coming out to, uh, to Edmonton is that that, that feeling that, uh, that I had from a decade ago still exists. You know, whether it's people uh, on the street in your uniform coming up and thanking you and wanting to shake your hand to literally still buying you coffee at Tim Hortons. Um, and and I, I can't undersell how important that is and how how that makes us feel uh, and the respect that it it, uh, it really shows that uh, the people of, of Edmonton and Alberta have for their Canadian Armed Forces. It, it's incredible, and, and I know it is certainly appreciated. Brigadier General Graham, thanks for joining me this afternoon. Thanks for the conversation. I look forward to when our paths cross again face-to-face. Hey, Jillian, thanks very much, and I hope everybody, no matter where they are or what they're doing, takes two minutes at 11 o'clock on Friday, just bows their head and thinks about what it is those 120 soldiers, 20,000 soldiers who died for Canada did for them. Thank you so much for joining us this afternoon. Thank you. Yep, take care again. Brigadier General Stephen Graham, the new commander of 3rd Canadian Division. We'll